Grace, mercy, and peace are now yours from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't remember which coach coined the term, or who actually originally came up with the term, but I like the term, and I've directed much of my life according to this term. Preparation is separation. The idea that the athlete or the student, the team, the coach, the band, the actor or actress, the employee, the employer, the one who prepares the most for the task at hand, should not only do well, but should separate himself or herself or themselves from the rest of the competition. Preparation is separation. I think we can all agree that preparation is important. Yeah, there are times where you have to fly by the seat of your pants and just wing it, because there is no time to prepare. But usually, good players, good teams, good students, good bands, good actors and actresses, good employees and employers, they prepare. They don't just practice. They don't just study. They prepare. There's a difference. Preparation is careful practice with careful study of the situation. Practice with simulating for the real situation. Yes, preparation is separation. Last week we began to walk through the season, the first season of the church year called Advent. A season of preparation. I think too often though we think that Advent, or at least the time of Advent, the time from Black Friday, Thanksgiving time to December 24th, which is Advent, is a time for us to make preparations. Preparations for food and feasting, shopping and shipping, decorating and dancing, gift-giving to friends and family. But what Advent is really not about is about us making preparations as much as God making preparations. In fact, I would say the most important preparations made in life are not the ones you and I make for life, but the ones that God makes for us in our life. That's right. Our God is a God who makes preparations. He is not a God who just randomly flies by the seat of his pants, winging it. He makes detailed preparations for his creation and for each of us in our life. And I would suggest to you two truths about this truth, that God makes preparations. The fact that God is a God of preparation shows that He is a God of separation. There is no other God like Him. There is no other philosophy like His. No other religion like His. He is totally separate from all other gods and philosophies. He is totally separate from creation itself because He is the Creator. And He shows He's totally separate not just by how he makes preparations, but for what he prepares for. And second, the second truth about this is, thank God we have a God who prepares. We can look through Scripture and see how our God prepares his people for important life-changing events. How he prepared Noah for the impending flood by giving Noah the blueprints, the time the wood, and the wisdom to build a huge ark when everybody would laugh at him. 
God even brought the animals to the ark and even prepared by shutting the ark himself. And if Noah would have disobeyed God's voice and not allowed God's preparations to fill his life, well, he and his family would have been swept away in the flood. God's preparations in Noah's life was separation. Separation from a sinful generation and separation from a deadly flood. God's preparations aren't always fun. They're often scary. When God prepared Joseph to become the most powerful person in the world next to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, in order to prepare him to save the world in wisdom from an impending seven-year famine, God deemed it necessary to allow Joseph to be sold into slavery by his own flesh and blood, then falsely accused and thrown into jail in a foreign country. And this took place over 14 years. But God was using those circumstances to prepare Joseph for separation. God's preparation in Joseph's life led to separation. Separation from the wise guys of Egypt. So that Pharaoh trusted in Joseph and not them. Godly separation from a deadly famine to save not just Joseph or Egypt, but all the world with the wisdom that God would give Joseph. And not just that, but reconciliation with his brothers. 400 years after that, God would prepare Moses, an 80-year-old shepherd who had been prepared in the first part of his life in Egypt, educated in the house, in the schools of Pharaoh of Egypt, so he could write the first five books of the Old Testament. And God would prepare Egypt and Israel for what was coming next with ten plagues. It wasn't fun. It was scary. But in the end, Israel was prepared to walk out of Egypt on dry ground. While Pharaoh and many of his people rejected God's preparations, and they, like the people in Noah's day, they were wiped away. For the next 1,500 years, God would continually prepare his people for his coming down into their lives to show them love and to separate them time and time again from the perils of their sin and their death and the power of the evil one. God made preparations by establishing a priesthood that would offer the blood of atonement to forgive the sins of his people. He made preparations by raising up a king, even though they didn't need a king, they had him. God raised up a good king, David, a man who was prepared to shepherd God's people after he shepherded his father's flock. God made preparations by sending prophet after prophet to call his kings and priests and people to repentance because God's people, time and time again, continually rejected God's preparations. Elijah and Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, all prophets sent to prepare the way of the Lord. Many of these prophets were ignored, and some were even murdered, because God's people rejected God's preparations. And so there was a time that God let His world, let His creation and His people sit in silence. He let his kingdom become, as Isaiah the prophet wrote, 
a stump. A dead, good-for-nothing stump. The world, on the other hand, at this time, did not remain silent. There was 400 years of war. The Persians and the Macedonians, the Greeks and the Romans. Nation after nation rising up only to bring others down. There was gruesome bloodshed and lots of it. In these 400 years, God did not speak a new word. He simply remained quiet and let the earth hear the empty, meaningless words of these nations. Or they could go back and read his word, the words spoken to generations past by Moses and the prophets, because those words were still true. And those words still were powerful. And then when God could no longer remain silent, or when God decided to no longer remain silent, God again began to make preparations. Preparations like he had never made before. Not even like in the days of Noah or Moses. A voice was crying out in the wilderness, and many people went out to hear this voice. It was a strange voice for sure. He looked like Elijah from 850 years earlier, dressed in camel's hair and eating wild honey and locusts. Who does that? And he sounded like one of the prophets of old because God had raised him up to be one of the prophets from of old. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, said John the Baptist. And people heard his voice. They came out to the Jordan in huge crowds, in droves of people, from the richest to the poorest, from the wisest to the dumbest, from the most religious and most revered to the least of these. They all came out to hear the voice of what looked like a crazy man crying out, Prepare the way of the Lord. Many were baptized into a baptism of repentance. They confessed their sins and they heard the good news of this voice of preparation. Preparation here at the Jordan River meant separation. Separation from sin and the power of death. To those who heard and believed, to those who prepared, or should I say to those who were prepared by God with this repentance of sin, they heard and saw something even more wonderful. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who takes away your sin, John pointed to, as he pointed to Jesus, the Son of David, the sprout that came from the stump of Jesse that Isaiah had foretold about. And these, the least of these, were able to see what Isaiah foretold. Not just a stump, a dead worthless stump, but a branch coming out, flourishing from the stump. Life in the midst of death. Water in the wilderness. Light in the darkness. Hope in the hopelessness of the world. Preparation was certainly separation when one looked upon this Jesus of Nazareth, the Lamb of God who separated the powers of sin, death, and the devil from all of creation. Yeah, there were some who rejected, some mocked and scoffed. Who are you, crazy John, to speak of repentance? Who are you to point us to some Lamb of God and who is He? Who are you to call out my sin? They, like the people in Noah's day, like the people in Pharaoh's day, they too were swept away in the arrogance of their hearts and in the lack of preparation. 
in their rejection of God's voice calling, in God's voice preparing. They were separated in the rejection from God's love. Yes, preparation is separation. Our God's preparation is separation. And His preparations have separated you not from His love, but from the powers of your sin, death, and from Satan himself. And you will not find a more important truth to know and believe and prepare in each day of your life, the rest of your life. And so today we thank God again that He is a God of preparation. Because instead of just sending a flood to wipe us out as we all deserve, or instead of sending us into the slavery that we deserve to our sin, to the powers of death and Satan, our God has prepared us for His coming down in love. He has called us to repentance, and so we repent. He has called us to turn from our sins, and so in faith we turn from our sins. He has called us to behold the branch coming forth from the stump of Jesse, a true son of David, the holy son of God. He is the Lamb of God who takes away your sin. So listen to John's voice. Listen again today. Let his voice, God's voice, separate you from your preparations to be too busy, too overwhelmed, too tired, too distracted, too into your preparations. Because God is preparing you today, again, as in years past. Not just to celebrate when Christ came down, but for when He once again will come down. But God prepare you today. And you won't miss the branch flourishing with life from a dead stump. And you won't miss what John wants you to see. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away your sin. In His name. Amen.